Welcome back to the Plus. It is great to have you here, and let's establish some rules because remember, an intervention is a moment of caring, and we want our our subject to be comfortable and not intimidated by the fact that we're all gathered around to love him and make him understand that there's a better world of understanding waiting for him if he could just see what's going on. The one and only uh, Nick Wright. <laughs> what an introduction. Host what an introduction for my, I think this is my second time on the Plus. It is. Uh, it should be noted that I have, you know, as I continue to become hated for different reasons in the Bay Area, uh, you know, once upon a time it was about James Harden, then it was about LeBron, and now, and it's so sad because it's such good people up there. I like the area. Um, I have had now this football season a lot of radio requests of people asking me to come on. I even had someone, I, I won't name them because I don't even remember who it was, say that I'm afraid to go on their show when in reality, as everyone knows, I am a Damon Bruce exclusive product in the Bay Area. And so it's not that I'm afraid to go on any of these other shows, but you are the only person I talk with in the sports media of the Bay Area. And it's so sad that, you know, you're so wrong about Brock Purdy, but I guess we can discuss it together now. Oh, are, are you going to try and stage my intervention? Is that what's no, going on? No, you don't need an intervention. I mean, it's, <laughs> the, you know, you guys are just back on the Jimmy Garoppolo narcotic. And so, you know, it's just you fall off the wagon. You'll get back on at some point. We'll go on. But go ahead. It's your show. Let's do it. All right. Well, let's just start with a question that kind of brings you here today. Why has dumping on Brock Purdy, who's put up every data point that suggests he might be good at this, comes wrapped in a package that creates zero controversy, looks for zero attention, has a podium game that uses words like sir and mister and yes ma'am and no ma'am, how come this squeaky clean kid who's got more scrap in him just put up better numbers than Montana or Young or any quarterback that's ever come through quarterback you that is the San Francisco 49ers? Why is dumping on one of the greatest stories we've ever been handed a cottage industry on your show? So here's the thing. I don't think I'm dumping on him. I think that saying Brock Purdy, who at best is the, let's call him 12th best player on his own team, is not, should not be in the discussion for the league's most valuable player award. Not the Niners' most valuable player, which he isn't, but the league's most valuable player, that's not dumping on him. That is being level-headed. I have said, listen, he is better than I thought he was because I thought he was going to be not playable. And now I think he is somewhere from the 14th to the 18th best starting quarterback in the league, either right at average, slightly above or slightly below that, which is an amazing accomplishment for Mr. Relevant in year two, but somehow refusing to give him the credit that Christian McCaffrey, Kyle Shanahan, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Trent Williams have earned is dumping on him. It's not. Credit is not an infinite resource. There's only so much to give out. I'd prefer to give it to the actual awesome players. That's all. 
Well, how come Trey Lance, if it's such a, if Purdy is the most replaceable cog in this machine, how come no other cog has functioned quite like him with basically the exact same talent that you just talked about all around him? Except, so it's not that no cog has, it's that Trey Lance in 11 quarters of football didn't. And it's right now, do I think Brock Purdy's better than Trey Lance? Sure. Yes. Good. Good, good for him. Doesn't matter. It's that he is that we saw, and this is the part that is so bananas to me. We saw Jimmy Garoppolo take this team to the Super Bowl, and folks demanded tribute. They weren't calling him league MVP, but they're like, why won't you give Jimmy his respect? He is a 105 passer rating. Here's his EPA. Here's what he does well. He, he Here's his historically great winning percentage. And then Jimmy left the cocoon of Kyle and this Niners team and immediately got benched. We also, it should be noted, saw Jimmy for, it was a very short period of time, but for five games with Christian McCaffrey. And he put up identical numbers to what Brock is doing right now. And nobody thinks that Purdy, I'm sorry, that Jimmy G's great. And so if, if we had this argument about Jimmy Garoppolo for years, if Jimmy Garoppolo left the Niners and the Niners fell off and Jimmy was awesome, that would have been a great argument point for the Jimmy G supporters. Instead, the opposite happened. And instead of so many of the Jimmy G supporters being like, gosh, darn it, I guess you guys were right. They have moved the goalposts to, no, no, no. It's not. It's actually just that Brock Purdy is Joe Montana 2.0. Like, so it's not get, not giving a guy credit to say he shouldn't be invited to an award ceremony for the five best players in the league this year. But he put up one of the five best seasons in the league. And the starting point, the surrounding talent is not really calculated into the, you know, obtuse what is real value. If we wanted to attach where value and the rubber really meet the road, I think salary should be involved. This is oh. the single greatest value in the history of football if salary sure. is involved. That's fine. Dollar for dollar, absolutely. And I'll give him that. But let, let me ask you this. How good's Tua? It's pretty good. I mean, I'm not, so, I'm not the one who's going to try to take anything away from him because he's got the right coach or he's got an unbelievable wide receiver who makes him look better than he really is. He's pretty good. So I will. So so this is where I don't think I'm unfair cuz there and you are not being unfair either cuz you are I some of my frustration has been folks seem to be totally comfortable saying yeah, two is fine. And I'm not saying you're saying this. Two is fine, but he's a product of the offense, Tyreek, the system, all of it, no matter what the numbers are. But they don't want to say that with Brock I, I think Brock is better than Tua, but by the same standards that Brock got invited to the MVP award ceremony, Tua would have been on the cusp, and I think that would have been ridiculous. Tyree kills the best player on that team, the best player on that offense. I think there are five Niners offensive players better at what they do than what Brock is at quarterback. That doesn't mean he's a bad player, but why does the... Why does Christian McCaffrey have to talk so glowingly about Brock Purdy rather than the other way around? Why is the media so obsessed with, oh my God, 
your quarterback won't get the credit. You know what Christian McCaffrey, the Christian McCaffrey's story should be? That he's the best gosh darn running back in football. And instead, it's like, man, you guys well, doubted Brock Purdy. That, like, that is the story, though. No, no one's not saying he isn't. The, no one's not no, saying he isn't. But he has asked more about Brock than he has asked about himself. Well, because they, we they, talk about quarterbacks more than the depressed market of running backs. I mean, you come on. You know how this all works. If close up on head coach, close up on uh, starting quarterback, wide shot of play. It's There's so much focus on coaching and quarterbacking that you'd think that those are the only two guys in the room that mattered at times. No, right. And so and what I am saying about the San Francisco 49ers is they – they have this amazing roster, amazing guys who are either the best or one of the best of what they do, and a quarterback who's fine. And people want me to bend the knee and say, you know what, I was wrong. He's great. I don't believe that. And and I and this is the other frustrating thing. I don't know that Niners fans believe. But it. here's the thing: it sounds like you need him to be great in a situation that he is not in in order for you to even think he's great. Something's good here. Like, no. are you like, like Brock, like here's the thing. If you think that Patrick Mahomes has the Carolina Panthers in the Super Bowl this year, he doesn't, he's not that great. So, okay. So it's, this is an again where, and this is where I feel like I'm the only sane person in the land of crazy people. We, in order to prop up Brock Purdy, we're going to try to tear down objectively great players. That doesn't make sense. No, that just doesn't but, make sense. But here's but, the deal. I, so I think of like, I think you're a smart guy. I know you're a smart guy. I know you're good with numbers too. And I see you usually weaponize numbers in your favor when they'll help you win an argument. And one of your favorite things is to put up the silhouette of two players. You don't identify. Blind reveal. And Purdy the, crushes on that. He crushes on it. So... Why? How can he crush on that and yet not have at least taken a step forward in your opinion of him? Because he, he has, has taken a step skills. forward. He's got transferable skills. I, he has taken a step forward. Starting the year, I would have said he's probably one of the five worst quarterbacks in the league, and now I have him right around average. Like, but the you know who also crushes those blind reveals is Tua. But the problem is everyone is totally comfortable being honest about Tua, and. And for some reason, people don't seem to want to be honest about Brock. And I am. And, and well, I think here's I, I think we have a little draftism going on here. Like just for a moment, imagine Brock Purdy were a first round pick, a top 10 pick. I think that that would color your argument greatly in his favor. Yes, I'm telling you right now, he's a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. Okay, I and I'm and I'm telling you, I think that is batshit crazy. The idea that and and I'm telling you this offseason, if Kyle Shanahan were told we can trade Brock for Trevor Lawrence, he does it in a heartbeat. Oh, I don't think so. And okay, so. well, we'll 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 I guess so. You so I I mean that's a again unprovable unknown, but we'll see. I think that Brock was. One Jordan Love drive away from not being guaranteed to be the starter next year. If if Jordan completes that comp if that drive at the end of the Packer game, are you a hundred percent confident Kyle isn't quietly calling Kirk Cousins this offseason? Because I'm not. 
No, I'm not. I, I am. See, and this is where, again, you know, I'm not going to accuse you of being in the media and me being on YouTube, not being in the media, but the entire legacy referendum that we want to install after every four quarters of football, that's what's making people crazy. That's what's making people crazy. Well, and obviously legacy. playoff games are legacy games. They're very important. But you'd think that the fact that Brock Purdy has then won more playoff games than anyone two years into his career other than Ben Roethlisberger, and if he beats the Chiefs, they're both sitting at five. I mean... Yeah, who's Purdy he tied had... with, Damon? Who's he tied with? Is he tied with Mark Sanchez? Mark Sanchez is on that list. Yes, yeah. he is. Okay, so, that, so yeah, I'm not... And it wouldn't be that he would be on the hot seat because of one bad playoff game. It would have been he's on the hot seat because every time the Niners would have lost this year, it would have been directly because the quarterback didn't play well. It would have been all of the losses. Well, but hey, can you say that about neck. every team? Can you say that about every team and every Absolutely. loss? Because I'll tell you right now, in the losses to uh, Minnesota and then, boy, who did they play? Not the Cleveland loss. So uh, Purdy did his job in the Cleveland loss. He got oh, that, that's the, the biggest range. talk of shit I've ever heard. Purdy drives. He put him in. He put him in position oh, okay. to make the field goal. So, so wait. So in that game. So this is where this is where people lose their mind about Brock Purdy. Did Brock Purdy play well in that Cleveland game? He did not until the end. Just the same okay. way, uh, kind of against the, you know, the 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 Lions and the Packers when it mattered most, it, got the job done. It, okay, but he didn't. So so this is a weird thing. It's a weird thing we're doing. Brock Purdy was supposed so, to make the field goal too. Knows, but so so that's a weird. So let's talk about the Cleveland game specifically for a moment. We all agree objectively, he was awful for the until the final drive. He, I think, he completed forty percent of his passes. He had less than one hundred and fifty yards in the game. We all agree. If I say on the first play of that final drive, he threw a gimme pick six that hit the defender in the chest and was dropped, you will say that's unfair. Who cares? It was dropped. But then you say, but he gets credit for a game-winning drive because a field goal was missed. Like, yes, a pick was dropped, a field goal was missed. They lost that game because the quarterback play was bad throughout. They well, I would also say they lost that game because the defense buckled and got gashed by you know whoever was running against them. I mean, in the following... Other losses, the loss to Minnesota and the loss to Cincinnati, where everybody says, well, Brock threw those interceptions, and that's when all oh, the wheels started coming off. He also had, in two games, over 700 yards of total offense from just his legs and his arm, too. He was not the weakest link in a team, you said, where he's maybe the 12th best guy on this offense. Do you No, I didn't say on the offense. I said on the team. I think, he's your, I think he is your sixth best offensive player. I think your offensive play, and, and that's the thing. I don't think you disagree. I think you would rank them. Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, or Debo, Ayuk, depending on who you prefer more of the two receivers, then Brock. And maybe Juszczyk could get a shout-out, but he's a fullback. It's such an unimportant position, even though in Kyle's offense, super important. Do you disagree with that hierarchy? I don't think you do. I'd put him third. I would put him behind already established first ballot, no question. Trent, to talk about Christian, Trent Williams. Uh, Christian McCaffrey 
is the closest athlete I've met in my lifetime to Kevin Durant. And I'll explain that to you in just a little bit. When you knew he was really good, but you didn't quite understand it until you watched all of it all the time. Okay, sure. Yeah, I buy that. Yep. Oh, my God. Like, I knew McCaffrey was good. I didn't McCaffrey, can I add something there? Sure. McCaffrey is the best, maybe the best running back of my adult lifetime at I think one of the sneaky, most important things a running back can be great at, which is turning negative two into plus three. Oh, yeah. He has more, like, drive-altering what go down in the stat sheet as three- or four-yard runs than any running back of of the last 20 years. I'm not saying he's the best. He's not. I don't think he's better than Adrian Peterson, at least yet. But I he is better than any back like I said, the last 20 years at, at it, Oh shit. It's going to be second and 14 and all it's second and eight instead, which is super important when you have a limited quarterback, right? And so and it makes him even more limited, valuable. but boy, he keeps on hitting these wide open targets everywhere. He looks and he makes the tight window throws and he does it underneath and he does it over the top and he did it over the top measurably better than any other quarterback. I mean, this, this label of he's dink and dunk and lucky to be here is just absurd. And no, I didn't say he's dink and dunk. If you could he see, was dink and dunk last year. He's if, not this year. If you could see everything, and I understand you got you, you got to pay attention to the entire league. You probably didn't watch many 49er games every snap, every game. You can't. You're covering the entire NFL. I wish you would use our friendship to call me. Just say, Damon, what are we looking at here? Is this is this a guy I should pile on? Is ain't real, or is there something more to it? I tell you right now, I can't measure it, Nick. I can't explain it. Intangibles, by definition, are impossible to measure. This kid has just a something in him that the reason why at that press conference that bothered you, well, Christian, why does Christian McCaffrey have to say such nice things about him? Is because they realize they're looking at someone who from Mr. Irrelevant starting position and in less than two full seasons has become a peer at a table of greatness. Not no. lucky to be there. These guys believe in him, not in the way that you have to say nice things about your quarterback. Or, well, but so you know, hold on, wait a second. So wait, it's so real. Wait. So, so how do you know? Because these are the exact same quotes they gave about Jimmy Garoppolo. The exact same ones. No, I did it, but it. But the off-field stories, the oh. walking off of practice conversations, off the practice field stories, okay. are are not the same stories oh, of Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, the work is, ethic, the way that he oh, is in his okay. That part, that that, that part might be true, but it's revision. Like Jimmy, the Jimmy Garoppolo, Kittle's wearing his face on a shirt. He's the most popular player. Trent and Kittle, all of them, on the record, saying amazing things about him. That's the question I have for you. Does the Jimmy Garoppolo story not give you any pause whatsoever? Does it not give you any pause that Jimmy, while the numbers over the course of the season were not this, he, again, the year they went to the Super Bowl, they were 13-3. and He had a similar touchdown interception as far as touchdown percentage, interception percentage. He had a 103 rating, all of it. And then Jimmy had the best numbers of his career, and they were undefeated. After C-Mac's first start, first start or first game was against the Chiefs. Then he started the rest of the way. Jimmy was perfect. Does that not give you any pause whatsoever? Because if Patrick Mahomes 
because you used him as an example earlier. If Patrick Mahomes, God forbid, suffered the Brady fate, right? And week one of next season got hurt. And Blaine Gabbert, who's their backup, who we have objective evidence is no good, came in and put up 90% of Mahomes' numbers. And the Chiefs were 90% as good. It would give people pause of, oh my God, how great is this guy? So if if the guy before him, who everyone knows admits now, even though they would not at the time, stinks, put up 85% of Purdy's numbers, does that not give you pause that maybe this is an offense that if you had one of those superheroes or even just a Kirk Cousins at quarterback, instead of being one of the seven teams that was 11 or 12 wins and needing to fight and claw to beat the the Packers and the Lions, you'd be a juggernaut. Does it not give you any pause? Can I answer your question with a question? Sure. Does it not give you any pause that this kid, two years into his career, is the 49ers single season record holder for like all quarterback statistics. Joe Montana and Steve, I mean, to measure him against greatness, he's already kind of doing that and eclipsing it. And I know that football is different and it's changed in some ways, but Jimmy didn't do that. So I can't say that there's an awful no, lot of these said, guys no, are exactly the same. Better. And here's the thing too. He's better. Garoppolo was what? Super Bowl conditioned through his Patriot apprenticeship, Belichick, Brady apprenticed, and was here six, seven years into his career. Brock Purdy hasn't even played 30 games okay. yet. So again, if, if the argument is... If this was a starting point for any other career that you hadn't predetermined, I don't think I like it, or the team around no, him is too good for I, me to no. appreciate it, I think you would look at it so differently. I And so here, I mean, you're kind of right, but it's not that I don't like him. Like, I got nothing against the guy. People, You said something earlier that I wanted to get to, which was you think there is draft position bias. And I'm here to tell you absolutely, and it's well-founded. I'm here to tell you that if, um, let me ask you this. Like, Bethany Brock Purdy took no a, talent or ambition at all. Like, that was an well, easy bet to make. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. If two months into this NBA season, um, who did the Warriors draft? They draft Pudzin. How do I say yeah, Brandon Pajemski and Trace Jackson Davis, who okay. needs more minutes. My boy okay. from Indiana, Nick, he needs more minutes. That's okay, what so let me, so let me ask you this. I know you're talking more basketball on first things first. More minutes for Trace Jackson Davis. Believe me, it'll be a hit. Okay, all right. So Trace Jackson Davis, where was he drafted? Oh, second to last pick of the second oh, round. That, that's perfect. I didn't know that, but that's perfect. If through 20 games, Victor Winbanyama averaged 30 and 15, and Trace Jackson Davis averaged 30 and 15, would it be fair to believe one is more sustainable and real than the other, or is that draft bias? Of course, you know the answer. Of yeah, course. It, yeah. It would be fair. And the draft is not a perfect science, obviously. 
But oh, it is not it, drawing it, names. It's as imperfect as it gets. But it is not drawing names out of a hat either. And yes, Tom Brady exists. And that that, that there is a, always, there's the 04 Pistons. There's the, you know, the outlier. You don't need right. a superstar. You can do this. But of course, I am going to have more of a healthy skepticism over a physically limited, athletically limited player who but was is he, good. Is he physically and athletically no, limited? I, I, listen, I think, and I said it on the show, I think the scrambling component, which he did, I know he's done it throughout the year because while scrambles? I didn't push back. Those were system I, scrambles. System scrambles? No, no, that's not what I think. I, I think that's, that is an element Jimmy had none of, and that is something that he did more of in the Lions game than he's done in any game of his career in bigger spots. And I give him credit for that. And I give him credit for playing. I said this as well. I I was more impressed by the Lions game than the perfect passer rating against the Bucks. Like I don't give a shit about that. The perfect the what he did against the in the Lions playing that poorly for that long and then having being able to turn it around, it the I thought was impressive in a check in his column. But there there is a reason there is a reason that guys who are a little undersized who don't have the strongest arm who don't have the best pedigree are less likely to succeed and i and there is a reason why the niners had five picks in the 5th 6th and 7th round that they didn't use on him and so now does that mean he's destined to not be great? Of course not. You can go prove it. I Where my pushback is, folks want me to say he's proven it. And I'm here to tell you, no, he has not. Not yet. And How the, about this, though? Would a Lombardi trophy over a team that is defining its era, would that convince you? If he, is, is he one game away? Because I don't no. think he is. I don't think I don't. No. I think people have no, so because... ground into their positions that him literally ha- holding up a, sh- a shiny Lombardi trophy. The very first thing you're going to say, Nick, is do it again. No, it will. No, the it, here's the thing. I saw Jimmy Garoppolo with this team against the Chiefs have a ten point lead in the fourth quarter. If J- if if Mahomes had missed on Wasp. Would that change the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo stinks? Would it? No, it wouldn't. And so this this is the part that Niner fans just try to act like didn't happen. That, that we didn't have an era of this team making the conference title game every year, making a Super Bowl, and doing it with a quarterback that now it's not like, oh, okay, Jimmy G's fine. He's average. He will not be a starter in this league. He will not be a starting quarterback next year. And it's not because of injury. We saw it. And so that's the part that, yeah, I do have, I'm going to have a healthier degree of skepticism. But I don't just do it to Brock. It was, I thought Tua being in the MVP conversation was an absurdity. But here's the other thing. This is where I want to get you pinned down because this is what the Brock Purdy folks seem to never want to do. Because I'll, I'll, I did it right off the top. I think at best he's 14th, at worst he's 18th right now starting quarterbacks in the league. If we're talking about potential 
uh, that's a different story because it's like, what do you do with Anthony Richardson? What do you do with Caleb Williams? I don't know, but then also Purdy's very young. Where do you have it? Because nobody wants to answer it. Because what ends up happening is the folks who have been defending him all year saying, look, he beat Joe Montana's record here. Look at his passer rating. All that data says he should be two, three, or four. And then they sheepishly say ah, he's probably right around 10. And they realize they actually are not that far away from where I am. So I'm curious, where well, is Brock Purdy? The then that means you're also not far away from where I am. But I don't know. Which Let's means I, I feel like we're sort of arguing over something that says, you know, like, he might not be the guy you want throwing open the saloon doors and walking into the nightclub, but at the same time, he might be able to dance. He really can, and this so, kid can dance, man. He really can, and I would say that it would be irrational based on all the data points presented to us and the fact that his team is going to kick off in the Super Bowl two Sundays from now. I would say having him out of the conversation of eighth best quarter, you know, it, it, okay, so he's he's not Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to give Lamar an awful lot of credit because he is the best one-man gang in the league right now. Sure. I don't know how much better Justin Herbert really is, to be honest with you. Maybe Jim Harbaugh will coach it out of him. We'll find out. But I'll even I'll give you Justin Herbert. All right. Josh Allen, I would assume. Josh Allen is certainly in this conversation, but believe me, if Brock Purdy turned the ball over like Josh Allen did, you would shit your pants first thing first every morning. Well, um, <laughs> and, I, and I'm not the biggest Josh Allen guy. So so you've named four. So we're um, four. Joe, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is certainly on the list. Um, a less insane, less jetty, less... Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, if his, you so know, I'd Aaron rather Rodgers, have Brock than Aaron because Aaron's 40 now. And right. like, I don't have Aaron. I don't have Aaron ahead of him. All I have, but tell you is if we had Brock Purdy's numbers this year, next to Aaron Rodgers name, a pre-approved name for MVP conversation, he might've been unanimous. Again, I just think when you take, so remove the team, remove the situation, just look at numbers, just look at numbers. And I also believe the situations do matter. But if Brock Purdy, and I look, I was not Mister. He's got to be MVP. I, I would. I, I always thought that the 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 biggest Brock supporters were probably a little bit too ahead of the argument, and the biggest Brock detractor out there was maybe a little bit too far behind the argument. There's more truth somewhere in the middle. But the fact that you're saying that Brock Purdy might be a middle of the pack quarterback two years into his career from Mr. Irrelevant and succeeding in ways that Jimmy Garoppolo never succeeded. So I, wish, but I wish that was the conversation. I would be so on board if the conversation was, holy crap, man, what a story. This guy was third string, was... The you know but you could have this conversation. You're in charge of your show. You can have. You don't have to wish for this conversation to be presented to you. You could bring it up. Okay. Yeah. And it's, that you know that's a good point. So maybe I should. Maybe I maybe that'll make Niner fans happier. And I see the chat on the side, folks saying. By the way, I'm not even yeah. looking. I'm not even. No, looking. no, no. Okay. I just folks the the idea that I haven't been watching the Niners that I don't that I'm not familiar with it. I wish I could turn my my camera around. To, like that, there is. It is not humanly possible to consume more in a professional football than I do. I've watched Brock Purdy. I have. The, if there's a team, if we were having a stone cold debate on the fact that I have 
serious priors that Bryce Young is not going to be any good because he's too damn small. And this year, to me, the numbers backed it up. I probably couldn't have that debate with the Damon Bruce of Carolina because I didn't watch all the Carolina games. But the Niners, all over national television and the third most talked about team on my TV show. So I've watched every play Brock Purdy has made from really the end of last year because I picked them to make the Super Bowl last season, Niner fans, and all this season. But the so maybe I should have that discussion, but that hasn't been the discussion. And the 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 reason I am framed as a hater, I guess, is because you thought I, James Harden was better than Steph Curry. I never thought James Harden was better than Steph Curry. <laughs> oh, I thought I got the, the Rockets tape. were going to win. I got win. the tape somewhere. <laughs> I, I thought the Rockets were going to win, and I asked the question that were they in a situation where both the Warriors and the Rockets would be worse if they changed teams? I was wrong about that, by the way, but I asked that question. Um, the 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 idea that he went from Mr. Irrelevant to first game ever beat Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady's team scored seven points, but he got the win. He played well. Won his first playoff game. Came back this year after injury. It seemed to be an improved player. Played well. All of that I'm good with. But folks seem to want to, well, not seem to, the discussion throughout the year was, is he the league's MVP? That is where my flag got planted as an anti-Brock Purdy guy, where I had this hot take of, if you're not the most valuable player on your own team, you shouldn't be the most valuable player in the league. And I was consistent with it, because it's also how I felt about Tua, another Shanahan system with an amazing supporting cast who is physically limited, a little undersized, putting up great numbers, but deep down, you know. Now, Purdy is more athletic than Tua, and Purdy can play, you know, below 50 degrees outside. So there's a lot of things I like about him more than Tua. But if you're asking me, would I, you know, would I bet on Jordan Love or Brock Purdy? My answer is Jordan Love. Would I bet on CJ Stroud or Brock Purdy? It's not even close. Would I rather have... Kirk Cousins for a single, well, I got to see Kirk off the Achilles. But pre-Achilles, do I think the Niners, would I be more afraid in this football game? Like, that's how I would frame the conversation. My team, who I live and die with, is playing the Niners. Can I name 12 to 15 and maybe more quarterbacks that I would be more afraid of the Niners if that were their quarterback this week? A hundred percent. Now, will he improve? Maybe. But I, it, with all the Brock Purdy fans sitting here saying, oh, you know, compare his, you know, pelts on the wall to Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence. You all know that if for a week you could have one of those guys to play for your team this weekend or Matt Stafford to play for your team this weekend or CJ Stroud, you would take it in a heartbeat. But you, in a heartbeat. Again, you're you have just opened the door to a conversation that cannot be had. And situations dictate careers as much as talent, as much as choices. Situations that Brock is not responsible for being in. You can only make the most of your situation that you're in. And when you think of the situation he was brought into, he was brought in behind an established Jimmy Garoppolo and a guy that they just traded the whole farm for who didn't even work out, 
And the guy's just risen to every single challenge. Look, I do want to talk about the actual Super Bowl. We, we could have a circular Brock Purdy conversation, and both of us could sound like we know what we're talking about because we're both pretty good at what we do. And we could go on forever and ever here. I do want to ask you a few other things, though. Sure. But let me just – let's wrap up the Brock Purdy portion of this conversation with this. If you can't hand Brock his flowers, can we at least get a little daffodil – for Kyle Shanahan before he wins a Super Bowl. Because this 100%. guy is, he's the Phil Mickelson of it all. He's the, he's the best to never done it until he's done it. And then when I think he does do it, he might get more than one. Like, I really believe that had Scott Norwood been true that day, Marv Levy's got multiple Super Bowl rings, not no Super Bowl rings. You know, these, yeah. to succeed against the Chiefs, I think opens a door to Kyle Shanahan being regarded, he's already regarded as an elite coach. He gets into that best working today conversation along with Andy Reid if he Listen, wins. I think I think Kyle is brilliant. I I quibble with some of his game management stuff. He seems to tighten up some, but the, here's the thing: there ain't no perfect coach. Right. Like the this time I talked to Mina Kimes about like the coaches who do. Uh, you know, lo we love their game management. They tend not to be the greatest motivators. They go go to like there's there's no Andy Reid was terrible with the game management stuff until amazingly got Patrick Mahomes and then Mahomes just kind of took it over and he still screws it up sometimes. I think Kyle is brilliant. I think Kyle is great. I think that is part of my I think frustration is I think that I I think that. We were in a spot where if the Niners had lost either of the previous two rounds, Kyle would have gotten torched when I I believe, because I don't believe in the quarterback the way you guys do, that Kyle's one of the only coaches in NFL history that could have gotten this level of play out of this quarterback. And so, no, I think Kyle's excellent. I think that, I, I know that the, here's what I'll say about your Niners. I know the rating services say they have a mediocre offensive line. Maybe I am putting too much stock in one position on the offensive line, but I think any offensive line that has a healthy Trent Williams can't be mediocre. I think that the, I said it on the show that he didn't have enough PR, but Christian McCaffrey off left tackle felt as, as damn guaranteed as the tush push this year. If you needed one yard. So at Kittle, it has been, uh, you know, kind of overshadowed by playing in the same exact same generation as the greatest tight end to ever play. Uh, and the way your guys, Kyle is coached up. And I know Niner fans, you think I don't know this shit. I know it all I, from Brandon Ayuk to go from being first round pick that Kyle Shanahan actively disliked kind of talk trash on, not that privately couldn't get on the field to this player is a testament to Kyle's coaching and Ayuk, the player. Debo is a, a a a superstar, and you know I I think that there was not nearly enough made in the media this year when, in my opinion, a top three safety went down for the season with injury, and nobody seemed to care. Hufanga is unbelievable, which is another Jim draft pick. This is like that's the weird thing about Niner fans being so mad at me. Part of my like Brock Purdy disrespect is actually because of the overwhelming respect I have for the roster. Now, and Chavarius Ward, former chief, champion chief. Um, I the I think that the D line needs to play like it's paid to do. 
you got, you know what I mean? Like the D line's going to need to step up in the Super Bowl. Um, but I, the Niners present a lot of problems, a lot of problems. If Juwan Taylor doesn't have a flag thrown on him in the first half, what? the rig is what? in. Okay. I mean, the Chiefs, the only team this postseason to have multiple touchdowns taken off the board on phantom holding calls. Chris Jones got got karate kicked in the end zone, should have been a safety, and yet everybody thinks the Chiefs get all the calls. Juwan Taylor, the most flagged guy in the league. Chiefs going to hug Nick Bosa. He's going to have to hug Nick Bosa. But I, to, be, to be totally honest, so you are the man installing the game plan to beat the Chiefs. You're working for the Niners right now. How are you doing it? Or, or let me also follow up with this. Because I watch a lot of Chiefs football. And the thing that I cannot believe is how unchecked at the line of scrimmage, sitting down in every soft zone he sees, wide open, Travis Kelsey is all the time. He's good. Of course, good players know how to get open. But he gets left on one-on-one -on -one coverage just like, like he's a guy. If, if I am Steve Wilkes, I am telling Fred Warner, you stick to that guy no matter where he goes. If you don't tackle a running back today, I do not care. You just follow. So Travis the thing Kelsey's is, is you would life. think if so. That's what everybody says. But if it was if it was doable, it had been done. It can't like the it, Kelsey has played seventeen playoff games with Mahomes. He has sixteen hundred receiving yards, one hundred and thirty catches, and eighteen touchdowns in the playoffs with Mahomes. So I don't know what the what you know how to stop him because nobody has figured out how to stop him but if i were the niners my approach on offense would be to do what baltimore was forced out of which is i don't care what the front looks like run at them run at the chiefs run again and again and again the chiefs have the best pair of corners in football and where the Chiefs have the best blitz-creating defensive coordinator in football, run the ball. Uh, and if on the offensive, I'm sorry, on the defensive side of the ball, I would, it's tough, but I would dare Andy to keep running. I would, like, Pacheco, listen, Pacheco's excellent, and the Chiefs have a good run-blocking O-line. But when you have Mahomes and when you're Andy Reid, it's hard to just be like, we'll keep doing it. So I would, because Rasheed Rice is a real player now. Rasheed Rice is an, is an excellent player. That was my and next question. Kelsey's is, obviously Kelsey. Is Rasheed Rice unlocked because that's what Mahomes does? Or is Rasheed Rice this guy? So his run after the catch, I don't think that Mahomes is allowed to get credit for that. You know what I mean? And... He's excellent at that. Uh, he, you know, he doesn't have the surest of hands, but he is very Debo-ish, not on the power, but on the finding like ways once he gets the ball in his hands to like split defenders. So no, he's he's legit. He is absolutely legit. And people are like, oh, the Chiefs offense got fixed. No, the Chiefs offense simply just started saying, um, Kelsey, Rice, and Pacheco, are going to get 90% of the touches. And that's what, you know what I mean? And that's what they're going to do. And if you're the Niners, just dare them to run. I saw this today, that Kelsey and Rice have combined for 43 of the Chiefs' 70 postseason catches. 61% of all air traffic is going to just two guys. So it yeah. feels like, I mean, look, it, 
if the 49ers lose to the Kansas City Chiefs and it's because other guys beat them, I think that's just called football. If they lose to the Kansas City Chiefs because Travis Kelsey had 14 catches on 15 targets with 165 yards and three touchdowns, like that can't happen. That can't, I would rather lose the other way than let this guy just drop step dunk on you all game long. So, what if the um, Niners lose to the Kansas City Chiefs because of a Chris Jones strip sack and two Brock Purdy uh, hospital balls that end up getting picked off? What if what, what if that's how they lose? How will you feel? Wouldn't be good. Wouldn't be good. <laughs> wouldn't be good for business around here. Wouldn't be good. For the uh, <laughs> I expect you to do a little. Uh, uh, Hokum for the channel for me too. You can go ahead and promote this bad boy. Tell everyone oh. about the solid conversation you had. Yeah, of course. This is the best Brock Purdy conversation I've had. Um, uh, and listen, Niner fans, I don't know what you want from me. Uh, I, all I owe you is honesty. I could do what 90% of the media has done with Purdy, which is be as fickle as a wind chime. And just be in the beginning of the four weeks in, you know what? This Brock Purdy could be MVP. Three-game losing streak. Oh, boy. Might have to go to Sam Darnold. Five weeks later, Brock Purdy back in the MVP conversation. The Ravens game. Purdy's their weak link. And they, I, I could do that. What, and I'm not saying what Damon's done, but I'm talking about all my other colleagues on national television. Or I can tell you that, oddly, I thought a playoff game where he played poorly for two and a half quarters and had a, the biggest play of the game be a pass that bounced off a defender's helmet, I was more impressed with than a four-touchdown, 85% completion, perfect passer rating game. That's how I feel. Maybe I'm wrong, but if I'm wrong, it'll be the first time I've been wrong about the NFL in about four years. Oh, boy. So I guess we'll see. Oh, boy. Again, just, I like the Chiefs. Oh, Okay. You picked a good time to be a Chiefs fan. Uh, were you this vocal during the Christian Okoye era, who still is the greatest Kansas City Chief of all time? We all okay, know that. Well, that's Pretty crazy. Cool. He wasn't even the best player of his era. That was Derek Thomas. I was nine, Damon. I was Nick the Kid on Chiefs postgame <laughs> call-in shows. Oh, nice. I did call in to all those games, and I went to all those games. All right, uh, I'll tweet out the link. Uh, let, by let, the way, yeah. you're going to do what I think all the Niner fans are going to do, by the way, or the Niners. I shouldn't say fan, all of them. You guys are going to end up picking the Chiefs. You guys are going to do all this and then be like, "Mahomes is Mahomes." You're gonna you're gonna take the you're gonna try to soften the blow. The leverage bet. The leverage, of what Patrick the Mahomes prediction. is the emotional hedge of what Mahomes is about to do to you guys. So, so I understand it. I just without you know, let's not think too hard about it. Let's not have paralysis by analysis. I was talking about this with my buddy Larry Kruger, who I do a lot of work with. Um, and I just said, it's real simple. So you're telling me I get the best defense on the field and Patrick Mahomes. Like, I don't even need to know who the opponent well, is. That's, well, that's like, why, I'll, like I'll take that, the that, under, under, you know, best defense on the field and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Chiefs against what? Anyone but the 85 bears. Sounds so that's, that's why I didn't understand why everyone was so pessimistic about the chiefs throughout the year, because yes, the offense was struggling and the receivers looked awful. I get all that. But the defense from the first game of the year was awesome. And I kept, like, the, the most obvious thing imaginable is, well, if the defense is a legit top five and, at this point, top three defense in the league and Mahomes is healthy, they're, the, they're as scary as any team in the league. And so we'll see. It should be good. I'll tell you right now, the number one matchup on the field, 
is Kyle Shanahan's chess moves against Steve Spagnuolo's chess moves. That's, That's it. Right. That's the entire game right there. And it's amazing that you would have Andy Reid sitting on the sideline and he's not even the most important coach in the game. No, that's right. But Andy against Wilkes is pretty good, too. That's a, that's a matchup, too. There's good. no doubt. Um, like you said, you've been talking a little bit of uh, you, you've been talking a little bit of basketball. The yeah. Golden State Warriors are officially aging out of the dynasty. They got a longer bite of the apple than most franchises will ever get. If your show really does affect the way people talk about sports, could you do everything you can to put some trade value on Andrew Wiggins for us? Yeah, no problem. Uh, I the you know the trade that should happen but would never. You know it, right? He's not. No, he's not going anywhere. Le, Le, LeBron, no, hold on, LeBron to you guys. For who, the, what? For who? For what? Well, it has to be Clay, unfortunately, which is why it's not going to happen. Like I tried to make it work with Wiggins and Kaminga. The money doesn't. You can't. You get throwing Gary Payton. You still don't get there. LeBron's not going to get traded. LeBron honors his contracts. I wish he would, though, uh, because that Laker team stinks. Like, And also, we can do this another time. Just watching you wear a LeBron, a LeBron Warriors jersey would be incredible. Uh, the, we, yeah, it'd be, it'd be great. Oh, the, here's the thing. 20-second take. The NBA is still relying on Steph and LeBron and, to a lesser extent, KD. Carrying the league from a ratings perspective is um, embarrassment. And it's, it's worrisome for the future health of the league. But given that they are, and given the fact that the Lakers stink, the Warriors stink, and Durant hates it in Phoenix, this offseason, can we just have some, and we you, you guys can have them. You guys have the richest owner. I don't care. Can we just have some salary cap amnesty and be like, hey, guess what? Next season, the Golden State Warriors are a 35 and over team. And we're putting them all together. And we're getting old man Braun, old man Steph, old man KD, Why along with Clay and Draymond, and be like, see if this old, like a sports movie, see if the senior circuit can beat everybody else. I bet you they could. I think they could. These young kids I, don't know, Nick. I think they could. I really think they could. Uh, I appreciate you having me on, Damon. Thank you so much for stopping on by, man. It's good to talk to you. Good to talk a little sense into you. A question that I've just been asked, because you're a smart guy, like you got an end game. And I know that it's hard to get off the bandwagon once you start going. I was in the pandemic and it happened to me and I caught myself in the mirror because of the graying. Uh, I noticed I looked more like the big Lebowski than I looked cool. What is the hair's end game? I Do don't you know, have though. an end game? I don't have an end game. It's just growing. I've cut it once. I don't know. I don't know. We just, it's just growing. I have no clue. I, the, the, you know, what's funny. And then I do have to leave. I got to pick my wife up from work. Uh, shout out. If you're in New York city, actually, you know what? I'm not saying the name of the boutique. Someone might, might review bomb it. You guys dislike me so much. So I'm not saying it. Um, but, uh, my, please by don't the way, my, my wife loves Nick wife. So that, that should yeah, not happen. Yeah. Please, please. Nobody, nobody look it up and then do bad reviews. It would really be heartbreaking. I say that sincerely. Please don't do that. Um, the, hold on, sorry. Oh, the hair. We were talking the hair. I, there is no comment I get on the internet. It maybe it shows like a, like a calcifying of my soul that bothers me. <laughs> Except the fact that it is pretty widely believed by segments of the audience that my hair is either fake or I got hair plugs. Guys, 
I used to just shave my head. And I never was bald-headed. I always had a fade. I just shaved my head. And I don't know why it bothers me, but I really don't like that people think that my hair is fake. My I don't know if my hair is good, but it is real. That is true. Well, no, it, it is real. It's uh it's 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 real and, and what is it? It's a, they're real and they're fantastic. They're, right. They're oh, uh, they're spectacular. They're spectacular, yeah. exactly. No, the hair is real. Again, when you see it shaved down like you used to wear it, you can tell where any of the pattern baldness may be coming from. It was a clean brillo at that point. See, in that's time. what I thought. See, that's the thing is because even when it was shaved, you could see where my hair was. And I was like, it didn't look like I was bald. I never understood. Here you go. Um, the one thing, the one nice yeah. comment guy from Matthew Ball says, I like Nick. Nick's hair. Let's wrap up with uh, that. Let's go. Let's we wrap up with that. It. Good All to right, see, you, see you, Nick. Bye. Thanks a lot. Nick Wright. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. So, look, I want to go ahead and thank Nick an awful lot for coming in. Again, I, I, I wasn't even looking at the chat. I hope the lion's den wasn't being too rude to my guest. Again, during an intervention, you want to make everyone comfortable. Uh, thanks to Nick for coming on. Let me go ahead and just quickly, I, I might have missed a couple, but I did see some super chats coming in because they come up in a, in a different shade of blue on my uh, streaming service. So let me just tell you, uh, thank you to local enterprise broadcasting. Wow. Even outside the network, he's completely delusional. At least Nick is consistent. I think he makes, he makes good arguments. But I think they're good arguments more than they are like what's actually about to go down. Again, being skeptical of Brock Purdy is a really smart starting position. But then I think you got to evolve a little bit. Great guest, Damon. I've always wanted a more intimate convo with the fifth smartest guy on First Things First. <laughs> uh, Spencer, just throwing it in the ganja jar. Thank you very much. Spencer, Flav. Without reading Kelsey, Mahomes wouldn't have a ring. Can't be quarterbacks drafting in the fifth round of the playoffs. It's not going to start this year. Oh, boy. Look, Patrick Mahomes is pretty good. We don't, have to, we don't have to pretend he's not for the sake of Brock Purdy. Nick, people get upset when you say he's slightly above average replacement level quarterback. The numbers matter. Replacement level quarterbacks don't have his stats. I would agree with that. Our last one that I see here is from Anthony Thanks at least for having the balls to hang with us to Nick Wright. Again, Nick is a good guy. When Here's the thing. When he really likes the team that you like, that's a guy you want making arguments for you. When he doesn't like the team that you like, he makes the arguments against you that make you go against him. And that, folks, is why they pay him an awful lot of money to have a very successful television show. He's good at what he does just like Brock Purdy. Thank you so much for coming on by. Thank you for being a part of this today. Thank you to Nick Wright for slipping on in. I appreciate that. I want to let you know that 11 a.m. Thursday morning, we're right back at it here on the Plus, the Damon Brew Show, live West Coast. I see an awful lot of people still in this room right now. Hit like, hit subscribe. No matter how you got here, like and subscribe would go a really, really long way. Thank you so very, very much for being here. And please do remember that sports don't build character, they reveal it. <laughs>